Hey, welcome to the Risen Nation Church podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us. Our goal and desire here at Risen Nation Church is to prepare a place for God's presence with God's people. If you'd like more information on upcoming events or how to connect with us or even to partner with us, you can visit risennation.org. We do hope you enjoy today's message. And I'll try to get through this without... um, crying the whole time because this is a word that ministered to my heart, and uh, what, what William said during worship was a perfect prelude. He kind of, I was like, oh, no, don't preach my message because then I'm going to have nothing to say, but um, he, it's a perfect prelude. I think what he's going to share tomorrow, this will be a good prelude for. Um, so how many of you believe that, that God is moving in the church? And I want to talk about uh, the word revival and and how it's used in the Christian circles today is not really how God wants to revive his church. God has called a people that were created to create. Are you with me? Say that. Say, I am created to create. So at the essence, at the base, the foundation of revival is establishing the kingdom of God on earth, Right? So God is not going to send another Jesus. He's already sent him. And he died and he rose from the grave and he built a great body that he is ahead of right now. And you are the body of Christ. Does everyone know that? If we don't know that, I have to change the message. We are all the body of Christ. So what God is doing now, so the way revival comes is through his church, right? So the way revival comes is through his body. It's through the church of God. So we hear things like, Lord, send revival. Revival is not like a wind that God blows and sends. Revival is when God does something in a people and births something in a body, and through that body, revival is created. Through that life-quickening spirit of Christ, revival moves. The word revival actually means to bring back to life something that was dead, right? So... I think, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but I think that the church, and I'm going to try to say this carefully, and religion really doesn't need to be revived because I don't want to bring back to life that dead thing. It needs to die and let Christ vivify the body. Let Christ vivify religion. Let Christ vivify Christianity. Let Christ vivify the word, the world, I'm sorry, but his life-giving quickening spirit. Are y'all with me? So Genesis 1 in chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 1, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4, and God saw, someone say God saw. God saw saw light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. So last week, William talked about the universe and how it's expanding. Remember that? That was so good, how he was talking about how uh, it's growing at the speed of light in every direction. And so when we think about and I was Googling some stuff, and I wish that I had a camera on my computer screen because my face would have been like this. 
because it's like all these scientific terms on how the earth is growing and, and how, and I, it was, it's mind-boggling when we think about the vastness, how, how huge God is, amen? amen? So what I read was the universe doesn't grow into anything. This expanded my mind. Say, God, expand my mind today. I want to teach today. Is that okay? So the, earth, the universe doesn't expand into anything. Like there's not matter. So when we grow on this earth, there's matter that we grow into. Does that make sense? There's room for us to grow and to fill something. So the universe doesn't grow into anything. It doesn't require space or matter to grow into. It expands within itself, creating the space and matter. Does that make sense? So the universe creates more of itself within itself, and that's what makes it grow and expand. And that's exactly what God does. That's exactly what revival is. It's God expanding within himself, creating more of himself out of nothing, out of some dust he, he breathed into the nostrils of man. Are you all with me? So God doesn't create as expanding into matter, but the universe creates and expands by the creation of itself. Are you all with me? Is my mic okay? No? Let me clip it back here. So our universe is constantly getting filled with more of itself, just like God. God is always growing, and we are the growth of God. Somebody say amen. amen. He doesn't grow as some deity ruling alone in the expanse of the universe. God grows as a people grow into him. As we grow in God, he expands. So when we say magnify the great king, magnify the name of the Lord, magnify Jesus, we are expanding. We're saying, Lord, be magnified. So as people come in these doors or we go out and we minister and we do outreach and we pray for people, God is magnifying himself. He's literally expanding himself. So from the beginning of time, we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you have a pen, write this down. The word beginning means the first in place, time, or rank. It means the most chief, the chiefest, the principal thing. It also means the first fruits. Someone say the first fruits. So it really says, and this is the same word in the Old Testament where God says, bring your, the, the best of what you have, bring your first fruits. It's the same word that, that Moses pens here, in the beginning, God. So in the first fruits, God created. Can we get a little bit deeper today? In the first fruits, God created. Say that out loud. In the first fruits, God created. Created. Romans 8.23 in the ESV says, And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. James 1.18 says, Of his own will he begat us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of, come on, we all know it, first fruits of his creatures. Am I going too fast? No? Good. Just try to keep up. Roman, uh, <laughs> Revelation 14 verse 4 in the Amplified says, These have been purchased and redeemed from among the men of Israel as the first fruits sanctified and set apart for special service for the God and of the Lamb. Somebody say amen. amen. So the word beginning to our minds indicates that there was a time in God where God began something. Now this is where we need to expand our mind. Is, can we do that? 
it, it indicates that there was a time when we were created because our minds are bound by time. But how many know that God is not bound by time or space? So God has no beginning and God has no ending. Are you all with me? So this word beginning speaks of a people that have always been in God. So in the first fruits, God created. So God created you and he created in you and in you he created the power to create. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So before in the beginning God, we were with God. In the first fruits, God created. So whether you realize it or not, everything you do, you're creating. So we create our environments with our words, with our actions, what we say, how we treat people, we create it. You know, if you go to somebody and you give them a word of encouragement, all of a sudden you're creating something in their mind. If you encourage somebody and say, man, you are like, you're looking like you're, you're buff, you're getting in shape, man, are you working out? All of a sudden that is a creation in their mind of joy. It would be for me. If you, if you are getting there, babe. <laughs> if you are harsh with someone and you're harsh with your words and you're coming against somebody and you're, you're speaking down to somebody, their environment is now you creating an environment by our words. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you speak, you create, you create thoughts, you live those thoughts out, they become a reality. So we are literally creators. Some say creators. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. See, we got that, right? So I believe that as we continue to talk about revival culture, that God is going to revive his church from within his church. I believe that God um, <clears throat> is sending people to create more of God in the world. Is that okay to say? Because my life, like William said in Colossians 3, my life is hid with Christ. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm good to say that because I'm not talking about Costi. I'm not creating any more of Costi. Please, Lord. My wife would freak out. There's no more of me. I, my life is hid with Christ. So I have the confidence to say that revival is creating more of God. Is that okay to say? Revival is creating more of his presence. Revival is creating more of his love, creating more of his peace, being his arm, being his body on the earth. That, from the beginning of time, that's what we were created to do. We are beings that were created to create. Amen, Micah. Colossians chapter 1 in verse 12. And, and I started, the Lord touched me when we were singing that... Uh, What's that song? You deserve the glory, the one that you sang. For, to, for from him are all, all things, and to him are all things. And you guys didn't know where I was going with this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Are you all there? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and hear this, and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. That's what William was talking about, repenting into the kingdom. He has conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Somebody say firstborn. And I had my iPad, and it's like not working all of a sudden, so I'm using paper. So for those of you that make fun of me because I'm not using technology, I was trying to, okay? (laughs) For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him, I love this, all things consist. Someone say, all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he may have the preeminence. Somebody say amen. Amen. Listen, you got to do me a favor this morning. God is going to revolutionize, and hear me, and revive the earth with a heavenly army. God, listen, God doesn't call church folk that sit back and cross their legs and chew gum. Even though you can do that here, it's fine. God calls an army. And I heard during worship, I am giving the church an intense assignment, an intense order. I'm sorry, the word was an intense order that requires an intense response. So I need you to give me an intense response. There you go. Thanks, Gabriel. Gabriel, man. But God is raising up a heavenly army. You see it throughout Scripture. God, these great men that God used throughout Scriptures were warriors, and he used armies to overcome. God always requires an overcoming before he uses you. God always requires. God wants fighters. God wants warriors. God wants an army of heaven. Are you all with me? So you got to respond like an army of heaven. There we go. So in him all things consist. He is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning or the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he may have preeminence. Colossians 1.15 says he is the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. In verse 15, the firstborn over all creation. Revelation 3.14, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So in Genesis 1, I'm going to slow down. I need everyone to pay attention. God created you and deposited creative power within you. Man fell and God wraps the power of all creation in flesh and names him Jesus. He wraps redemption itself in flesh to redeem man back to his original formation. Jesus comes and conquers death. I want you to see the progression. I'm breaking this down. And says, from this point forward, Jesus is the source of all creation and all things consist in him. So Jesus literally resets creation. So when God looks at creation, he sees it from Jesus on. He was the last Adam. From Jesus on, he reset creation, and now all things consist in him. They're for him, through him, back to him. you got to hear me. So the last Adam is dead. It doesn't exist anymore. And Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God. Someone say beginning. beginning. So God is after recreating himself more now through Jesus. 
That's what revival is. God is after recreating more of himself, expanding within his own universe, expanding within himself through a man named Jesus, and it's a generation called Christ. You guys should be more excited. It's really good news. It's really good news. So Jesus resets creation and says, after this man is how I see my creation. I've deposited life into every man. I've deposited my seed into every man, whether they know it or not. I've deposited who I am into every man. And now God is calling a church to bring form to what God has already created. That's what revival is. It's bringing form to what God has already created. 1 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if any man is in Christ, come on, we know it, he is a new creation. A new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Somebody say amen. amen. So if Jesus lives in you, then the power of all creation lives in you. You have the power to create. You have the power to create your environment. You have the power to create your circumstances. Hear me. You have the power to create a new life in your marriage. You have the power to create life in your children that they didn't know. You have the power to change the world around you by the power of Christ that lives in you. The quickening spirit of God. This is where we're going. This is why when we use the word revival in church, we gotta know what we're talking about because the word quickening, it means it never ends. So there was some great, amazing revivals like Brownsville we've heard about. There was some incredible moves of God that he did, and I'm thankful for them. And God, I pray he does them again. But I believe a revival we're coming to is never going to end. God is calling a quickening, life-giving spirit within his church that never dies. The same quickening that rose Jesus from the dead is still quick today. It's still moving. It's the same potency the beginning, the most potent, quickening, life-giving spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, it's got the same potency. It's got the same quickening power today, and it's in you. And we say defeating stuff, not realizing that we are creating because God doesn't take away his promises. And we talk down to people when we're creating an environment. And we yell at our wife with our kids around and we're creating an environment because we're creators. Is that too deep for anybody? I and them, this is Jesus talking to the Father, and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one. Why? That the world may know. So it's not just for us to say, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've been created to create. I am a new creation. I am a son of God. I am the body. I am his right hand in the earth. It's so the whole world may know. That's, our, that's what we're here for. That's why we're here. It's to bless God and so that the whole world may know. Because in our honoring God, it's impossible for the world to not see. That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me as you have loved them. John 17 Verse 23. Somebody say amen. amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. And the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, speaking of Jesus, was a made a quickening or a life-giving spirit. Write this down quickly. 
The word quickening means to vitalize, to vivify, to make alive. It means to give life. Gabriel, can I that Ozarka water there? It means to make alive. You want me to say those again? Vitalize, vivify, make alive, give life. It means to quicken. So this life-giving spirit, this life-giving, quickening spirit is the power of all creation. It's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead in 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for our sins, the just and for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the spirit. So God is quickening his church in the spirit. I'm going to read a lot of verses. Is that okay? 1 Corinthians 15, 22. See, I can't teach you more than God's word can teach you. We need to immerse ourselves in God's word. I really feel like as a young church, as a young generation, if we put time in the word and time in prayer in the bank, that it is beyond what we could even fathom what God can do in this church. But we have to immerse ourselves in the word of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, For as in Adam all die, and even so in Christ all shall be made alive. So is there anyone here that is in Christ? Then you will never die. It's good news. COVID-19 or no COVID-19, you will never die. Humanity doesn't need to be revived. Hear me. It needs to die. The church doesn't need to be revived. The church is dead for a reason. I don't mean the church of God. I mean religion church. Religion is dead for a reason. The world is going to hell for a reason. Let it die. We need Christ to be quickened within his church and the life-giving spirit to recreate Christ. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So your Adam doesn't exist anymore. You were created after Christ Jesus. So Jesus is your creator now, sustainer, and in you, in him you consist. Can we catch the spirit of this? Colossians 3.3, and William said it earlier, for you died and your life is hid with Christ. So I pray that you don't see Costi anymore, that you don't see William anymore, that I don't see you guys anymore, that it's just Christ. That's true revival is Christ, the expansion, the formation of Christ in the earth. I believe that we are about to see revival like we've never seen it. But unlike past revivals, this one will never end because God is breathing it through his church, new life, a quickening, vivifying, life-giving spirit. And that spirit doesn't die. True, true revival is demonstrated when more of God is created. True revival is God creating more of himself through his body. We carry the life-giving spirit of Christ, which literally creates revival everywhere we go. If you want revival everywhere where you go, then believe that what you say and what you do creates. Because we are Christ in the earth. Can I say it that way? Not Jesus the head, we are Christ, the body. Christ wasn't his last name. Does that offend anybody? 
It wasn't Jesus Christ and then Mrs. Christ and children Christ. It was Jesus the head, his body the Christ. Christ is his nature. It's who he is. Amen? And so when we say Christ, we're speaking of all of it. Because when I'm talking about my arm or my leg, I don't say the leg of Costi and the head of Costi. It's all part of Costi. Right? So it's all Christ. Someone say it's all Christ. So I believe that it's vitally important, the season that we are entering into, and I believe the timing of this series is so vital for the environment that we see today in the news, in the world. Can I go there? Yes. William knows I'll go there. <laughs> but we see throughout Scripture two great deliverances. If you see Moses all the way to Jesus, these were great deliverers. Obviously, Jesus delivering mankind, saving them from hell. <clears throat> but these deliverances always preceded times of great turmoil. You all with me? So how many of you understand that we are in a time of great turmoil? We are in a time uh, of great confusion. We are in a time where the body of Christ is being split and the body of Christ is being lured away from things that are more relevant and trendy and trying to keep our uh, people in the seats and trying to keep our income up and we're kind of leaving the word over here and as the church we're trying to sound like the world and we're becoming more and more like the world but then we want to change the world but then the, the word of God is all the way over here we're not even close to it and the, the church Christianity bought members of the body of Christ Holiness, righteousness, family structure, family instituted structure. Fathers are being destroyed in this country. The principle of family is being attacked like never before. And we have organizations, can I say it? Like Black Lives Matter. Who, that is the worst thing for black people. Can I say that? Because if you read, I encourage you to read on their About Us on their website. Read it. And I, I'm, I'm not the only one. Pastor Ed Young, Fellowship Church, I'm watching him. He's, he is going after it. And there's men and women of God that are going after it. And it takes people who understand that they are Christ in the earth. And we're creating by things that we're saying. And the things that we are agreeing with, we're creating environments in our house and in our churches. We're creating all these things when we should be speaking truth about what the word of God says. So listen, do I believe black lives matter? Seriously? Like, of course. Do I, believe, do I agree with the organization and their statutes? No. Because they exist to dismantle the family institution, the nuclear family, the father of the household, they are on a mission to dismantling it because they know it'll kill the next generation. And everything going on right now is on pace to kill the next generation. And the church is sitting back worrying about our lights and if we're trendy and if we're not offending people. And the world is out there wanting to destroy our children. And our ability to produce. And Christianity, I'm sorry, we're silly because we miss it. Because we're taking our eyes off Jesus and we're putting it on ourselves. And we're more interested in, a, in, in, in how we look and how we sound than what the word of God says. Amen. 
And pastors who I love, I had to unfollow them. And I, and I, because I can't look at it because it would literally make me depressed because I'm praying all day, God, why can't, and, and we're using hashtags and not understanding that when we use hashtags on these social media, it groups you in with everybody that supports that hashtag. And we want to create revival. Is this too heavy for anybody? So from Moses to Jesus, it always happened at a time where they were going to kill the firstborn. Where they were going to kill what God had mandated. Where they were going to try to destroy generations. Try to stop reproduction. So we see homosexuality and transgenderism and abortion Think about it. It's all to stop the reproduction. It's all to stop creation. It's all to stop family structure. And that's what we are building here at Risen Nation. That's our, our calling card is we are all about family. And so you can't be all about family and be for all these other institutions. I'm just going to say that. Listen, I don't care what party if, if Trump tomorrow said that he is for abortion and he wants to promote gay marriage, I'd be like, peace. I don't know whose party I'm going to be, but I am going to be of the party that supports the word of God. My dad uses the example, if it's a donkey up here, but he's preaching the word of God, I'll vote for him. You're going to have red, blue, and brown and hairy. I'll go with the brown and hairy. I don't care. Whatever it is. Listen, so God, you guys getting where I'm going with this? God is raising up a third great deliverance. And it's through a people called Christ. And he's not going to send Moses again. He already sent Jesus and he's living in me and you. And he never, he, he, he ascended to heaven so he can live in heaven, which is right here. He ascended to the spirit so he can live through you in the spirit. So we are the body of Christ. And if we can be bold enough, if we can be against culture enough, we can be that generation that delivers mankind. You don't believe it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. So as we read this, this is a, a, uh, a verse about labor pains for God's creation. It's about forming Christ. <clears throat> and this is where I want to get to. Pastor Rick, if you're around and you can help me, that would be great. Are we doing good on time? Romans 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, think about what's going on now, are not worthy to be, re- to be compared with the glory that is going to be revealed in the United States. No one corrected me. That was a test. See how much you're listening. Great. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed where? In us. 
for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly waits for the sons of God, the revealing of the sons of God. Creation is waiting for you to create. Creation is waiting for another deliverance. We see the pattern. There's another deliverance coming, and it's going to be a deliverance that never ends. It's not going to be a promised land that, that, uh, of milk and honey like we see. It, it, it's not going to be a physical deliverance where we're going to enter in something physically. It's going to be a creation called Christ that understands that we are quickened. We are made alive every day. The fact that I can come up here and preach and the fact that I have breath in my lungs is the life-giving spirit of Christ within me. That's what's going to deliver creation. And we have to have a people, a body that are bold enough to stand when everyone else is kneeling. We have to have a body that is bold enough to stand for what is right when all creation is backing down and the church is backing down to the evil orders of this day. We have to have a people bold enough to say that I am Christ in the earth. I am the kingdom of God in the earth. He has seated me in heavenly places and I'm going to speak truth. If he put me on this earth, I'm going to speak truth. I'm going to create more of Christ on this earth. I'm going to create more of Jesus in the hearts of people. My life, my mission in life is to form Christ on the earth. Paul said, I travail in birth again until Christ is formed in you. It's a labor pain. Sorry, I keep messing this mic. Verse 21, because the creation itself also we will be delivered from the bondage of the corruption. It's a bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors in birth pains until now. I'm believing it. I'm declaring it until now. Until Risen Nation Church stands up and says enough is enough. I'm going to labor, and if I get ridiculed, if people leave my church, if people do this and that to me, I'm going to stand. If you're watching today and you're a pastor, I am challenging you to get up and say, if you leave my church, it's okay. I'm going to stand for the word of God. It's labor pains for now. It's going to hurt coming out, but we're going to birth a new generation called Christ and deliver creation because creation is groaning, it's moaning, it's hurting, it's waiting for you to be revealed. It's waiting for the creation of God that is based in Jesus Christ. I was going to go somewhere else, but I think I'm going to skip some of this. Sometimes for Christ to be revealed to someone, it takes labor pains. Don't give up on that person or that spouse or that relative. I said this on Monday night and I believe it. There's so many spouses and relatives and fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers that don't know Jesus. Don't give up. Their time will come. It's just a matter of time. Listen, Christ is in them. It's always a matter of time before it's formed. Remember, don't abort the baby that God has given you. That person that God's put on your heart, that family member, they are 
your family member for a reason and you've been apprehended for a reason. When God is a God of family, that's why all these other institutions are of the devil because they're against family. And God is a God of family, so if God got you, he's gonna get your family. I got a very little response. Let me try over here. If God got you, he's gonna get your family. Remember, God created man in Genesis 1, but he didn't form him until Genesis 2. God said, let there be light, but there wasn't the sun and moon and the stars until several verses later. So the let there be of God is still resonating in creation. So all we have to say is let there be, and it has the same power of creation that was at the beginning. God, let there be today in Jesus' name. Let there be life in Jesus' name. So whenever God says, let there be, he's creating that thing in your spirit first. So when God says, let there be over your life, he's already created that thing in your life. So that means it's just a matter of time before it's formed. So if God said, let there be about your family, and there's some that haven't come to know Christ yet, the formation of their Christ life is coming. I said the formation of their Christ life is coming. What God is about to form on the earth has already been created in you. Galatians 4.19, I travail and birth again until Christ is formed in you. God is remembering his church. I said God is remembering his church. Isaiah 43.1, but now thus saith the Lord God who created you, O Jacob, he who feared you, I'm sorry, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, same person. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Someone say, I am his. Point at your neighbor and say, you are mine. There are so many that don't know Jesus, and all that they are are unformed Israels. There are so many people that don't know who, you guys know that Jacob, the Lord changed his name to Israel, right? And he wrestled with the Lord. <clears throat> there are so many of those that don't know who Jesus is, and all they are are an unformed Israel. We've got a lot of Jacobs running around. And revival is when the body of Christ can say that the Lord has put me here for this hour, for such a time as this, and to have the boldness to say that I have the word of the Lord in my mouth. And hear me, I'm going to create by these words, and Christ is going to be formed in you. And it might be hard, and it might be a lot of pressure, and it might be a lot of pain, and you might need an epidural. But God is going to birth that thing. It has to form. It has to form. So we are calling for revival. And in revival, that is creating a generation called Christ. That is creating a new life. That is understanding that we are not, not, not of the last Adam, but that Christ reset creation and started a whole new race. And it's called the sons of God. It's called the kingdom of God in the earth. And that as the church is looking to escape and to be relevant and to not offending anybody, God is slowly building his kingdom. And God is slowly building his body. And it's an army. Real quick, last verse, Ezekiel 37. While you flip there, I'm just going to read Obadiah, verse 21. It says, then saviors shall come to Mount Zion. I believe God is calling, that's lower S, lowercase s, so no one get offended. But God is calling a house full of saviors. That savior means deliverer. 
then deliverers shall come to Mount Zion. There is a big deliverance coming. I'm saying like biblical proportion, like Moses out of Egypt, like, like Jesus, a big deliverance, biblical proportion coming for the United States of America. There is a deliverance, but it has to be a church that is unwilling to abort the baby that God's given in them. It has to be a church that is unwavering, that understands that I am an, an, an a military might. I am a part of a military might in the earth that God has called to establish his kingdom here. He is a king of a kingdom. It is the gospel, like William said, of the kingdom. So if we leave this earth and our flesh is removed and we haven't established the kingdom, we failed. Because God created you to create. While the evil world advances their agenda to dismantle family structure, to kill babies, to promote homosexuality and transgenderism, while they stand in solidarity for, for social justice, yet turn a blind eye to child sex trafficking, God is forming his army. It's all a front. It's all a front. Because God is birthing something out of his church that says pure to his word. That says, God, let them come and take away our nonprofit. Let them come and drag us out of here. Let them come and persecute me. The fellowship of your sufferings or not, we say the verse, the power of your resurrection, everyone cheers, and then we say the fellowship of your sufferings really fast. But whatever it takes, God, create a new generation in this house. Come on, church. Whatever it takes, Father, create an army that is not afraid Create a bold people, God, that is bold enough to say, I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I may dislike you personally. I may not be the same political party as you. We may disagree on everything, but I travail in birth again until Christ is formed in you because Christ takes all the arguing away. You can stand with me. I'm gonna read one more verse and I'm done. they try to kill the next generation, the more we have to create. Ezekiel 37. Uh, this is one of my favorite, favorite <clears throat> prophecies in the book of Ezekiel. Verse 1, it says, And the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the midst of the valley. It's always in the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many. Someone say very many. Think about the time we're in. And indeed, they were very dry. There were many bones in this valley that were dry. And verse 3, And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Resonation, can these bones live? So I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy. Listen, God didn't speak to the bones himself. He said to the prophet, prophesy to the bones. Resonation, you gotta prophesy to those dry bones. 
Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath. I will cause a life-giving, quickening spirit to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews, it means joints. I will put your joints and your flesh together and I will cover you with skin and breathe in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. This is what God is doing. So I prophesied as I was commanded as, and I prophesied that there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. I believe we're about to hear a noise like we've never heard. Listen, in Acts chapter 2, it says the Holy Spirit came like the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It wasn't just a mighty rushing wind. It was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. So God is going to break out in sound, in noise, in praise. And it's going to be a sudden rattling and the bones are going to come together. And it says they came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them and there was no breath in them. And then the Lord said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds. Four winds speak of the whole earth, the four corners of the earth. Come from the whole earth, children of God, and breathe and breathe and breathe and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came on them, and they lived and stood upon their feet in exceedingly great army. If you want a great army of God, you have fellow soldiers that are missing. If you want revival, lay down your life for another. If you want revival, fellowship in his sufferings. If you want revival, labor in the pains of birthing Christ until it's formed in your neighborhood, until it's formed in your household, until it's formed in your marriage. Come on, agree with me, until it's formed because we have to form Christ. Can these bones live? Risen nation. Listen, God has put life in your mouth. Breathe on creation. Breathe on Christianity. Breathe on your neighbors. Breathe on your father and your mother. Breathe on your wife. Breathe on your husband. Breathe on your children. It's life to their bones. And we wonder why we're powerless. But not us. God is calling an exceedingly great army. Some would say exceedingly. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed, say, they indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. It sounds like a lot of people, a lot of, see, listen, it's not just unsaved people. There are a lot of Christians that are hurt and confused and scared. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. And they've been led astray by shepherds who should not be shepherding. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. I will bring you into that promised land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when you have opened your graves, O my people. I believe we're about to see graves open, that God is going to use this church in signs and wonders like we have never seen. Oh, my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. Somebody said amen, says the Lord.
Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that you enjoyed that message. If you'd like more information on what we're up to or how to connect with us and even to see our upcoming events, you can visit us at risennation.org. We bless you. Grace and peace to you today.